If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. I'm Dustin Ross. This is the friend zone. And here's the news that you can use. First up. Usain Bolt mouth having ass Takashi 69 announced that he is donating $200,000 to the No Kid Hungry Foundation. The No Kid Hungry Foundation announced that the deal is off because it was supposed to be a secret, but he done told everybody. Next, Princeton University names its valedictorian student Nicholas Johnson, the first black valedictorian in its 274 year history. Because of this, at this year's commencement address, they are happy to allow Nicholas to refer to their school's history as 274. <laughs> and finally, Trick Daddy and Trina have announced that they will be hosting their own hit for hit battle on Instagram Live. The rules, however, state that all music must be along to you and not come from television. So unfortunately, Trick Daddy will not be able to play his greatest hit, the Good Times theme song. Oh, my God. Why you think her name was Florida? You know Trick Daddy been repping Florida. That's why they got it's just Trick. Anyway, welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, <laughs> mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't. Neither do these two. Sans the rest of you. Hey, friend, how you doing? I'm amazing. How are you guys today? Looking all cute. Thank you. Just on quarantine. <laughs> the silence. It's a, home glow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a home glow. You know, my silence is time delay. Okay. I just be over here waiting. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, quarantine has affected everything in every way. After the internet was telling me, the internet company, when I finally got to talk to them for the little time that I got to talk to them, said that now that everybody's at home, there's going to be all sorts of little bullshit happening. I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want it to happen anymore. Surely it's going to be all sorts of bullshit happening now that everybody home, like not paying your internet bill, especially if you're getting bad service. Shit. I, I'm at home. Hmm. I can't go to work, so I ain't got nothing for you. Y'all the ones said it was going to be a lot of shit happening. And then got no the money. nerve to go up on the bill. Apparently I had a promotion that just ended and the bill went up and the internet service quality went down. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Well, what <sighs> Wait, what? Seriously? Can't yeah. you talk? To, well, I mean, you have to wait on the phone for three days to and, and when I right tell now. you wait I have 
tweeted I have, DM'd I have, I'm going to pull the XD and change my Avi to a white person and get customer service going. Because that really is the most effective way to get shit I done. die when he does that. Anytime it, I go on Twitter and I see that picture, I'm like, oh, Lord, who is XD <laughs> trying to get attention from? Works every time for him. <laughs> Speaking of going on Twitter, Fran, I just opened up the app. Your uncle, what's happening? Why did you post this? <laughs> <laughs> You saw that tweet. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm just saying. Well, look, friend, we knew you had some good jeans, friend. Go to my Twitter. <laughs> okay, I'm about to go right now. This is a live tweet review from Dustin A live to you. tweet oh, review of my uncle's WhatsApp picture. Now, friend, we know, we know you came from some good stock. Now, friend, we, we know that. <laughs> Right, he is going see. to be so gassed when he sees the comments. <laughs> I can't even take it. He's going to print them out. Fran said, hey, y'all, look at my uncle's picture. Oh, oh, it's your uncle? <laughs> Fran, uncle was, uh, Fran uncle is ghost from power and shit. <laughs> Why does someone call him Billy D. Momoa? <laughs> hey, oh. I bet you they would have picked up that WhatsApp call. Okay. <laughs> Another girl had me dead. She was like, he ain't talking to family on that thing, baby. <laughs> sure ain't. I would that shirt off. I was like, what is this picture? I'm with it. I'm with it. I, listen, I would love to sit down with him, get some tips. I'm all about getting wisdom. You know what I mean? Reflections of the way life used to be, or in his case, still is. Okay. <laughs> Yo, Dominican men are trouble. I can't even deal Woo. with that being his picture on a family I app. Can. <laughs> that's the way you do that for. <laughs> do you guys have any announcements before we jump into this week's episode um, i don't have an announcement no. i have a follow-up question oh i guess i should wait for the recap for this actually no no yeah. have, did we figure out how to pronounce elon musk child's name I saw a few different theories and I'm mad that the name has been theorized. There's not been a confirmation. I mean, I haven't heard it from Elon or the mama who right. is an, the artist known as Grime. I have not heard either one of them say it. Everything else has been speculation. People tell me it's pronounced Kyle. Like, ain't that Someone some bullshit? What, they well, went through all that honest, for Kyle. I left Sorry. that conversation right, you know, right where we left it at. And shit, I, I ain't been thinking about the little motherfucker since we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ain't thought about iRobot since we talked about it last, last week. Like, I'm good. <laughs> but I'm actually glad you brought that up because, hold on, let me pull it up so that I get the information proper. <laughs> so, uh, apparently on CBSN, the Space Force just dropped their first recruitment commercial on television. The Space and, Force. And the I ain't going. And the, ta <laughs> and the tagline is, maybe your purpose on this planet isn't on this planet. <laughs> Someone sent that to me and was like, y'all are on something. Uh, Willow, Willow wrote that shit. Who the fuck wrote that shit? <laughs> so as much as y'all laugh... At our space talks and our robot talks and our, you know, conspiracy theories, y'all keep seeing shit keeps popping up because we just said that last week about uh, them having influencers are going to start promoting this. I guarantee you celebs. It's going to become a campaign and it's going to be to entice you to leave on this space program. And the fact that they just dropped the recruitment video this week. 
when we just had the combo last week. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Fran, you, get ready. you own it. I'm on the website right now. just looking at <laughs> Like, spaceforce.mil. Like, this is like a real, like, thing. It's I, happening. I they really to. want you to decide, so. I don't even use MySpace. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, going up. <laughs> um, my quick announcements. Um, a couple man, I don't even remember how long ago it was. I did a collaboration with Radiotopia. They have a podcast called Adultish, and it's hosted by Nij. Wait, I'm gonna make sure I'm saying their name right. Ty, you could edit here. <laughs> It's hosted by Naj and Merck, and we had a conversation about marriage. Uh-oh. It was pretty awesome because it was a roundtable. So they had millennials from all different spectrums, some young, some older, some from small towns, some from big cities, different races, different genders. So it was cool because, you know, how I feel about marriage. <laughs> if you don't, listen to the episode. <laughs> so it was cool to bring my thoughts on there. And especially because, you know, the, a lot of them are young and still bright eyed and bushy tailed about it. So it was cool to share perspectives with them. And also I jumped on Miles Maybe Jones. your purpose in this marriage isn't in this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> also I divorce, jumped on. <laughs> divorce force. <laughs> divorce force. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm creating it. I'm starting it. God damn it! I'm starting it. Hashtag divorce force. Okay, I'm building it. We getting the fuck out. Our hashtag is we getting the fuck out. Because <laughs> maybe this planet ain't for you. So I also jumped on Quarantine Nightly, which is Mouse Jones' new show, new podcast. You can check a snippet out on his Instagram, which uh, is just Mouse Jones. It was cute. We had a conversation about mental hygiene and toxicity and the love and like movement, how real it is, and just even how trauma uh, takes up space in a lot of our lives. And y'all know how Mouse gets down, so it was a very interesting <laughs> combo to have with him. I'm sure it he was. And happy nice. Mother's Day to Mouse. He a strong, a strong black mother. Happy Mother's Day, Mouse. I really hope I forgot to mention it to you. Happy Mother's Day, though. Yeah, I can't stay, y'all. Um, and that's it. So let's jump into this week's Black Business, shall we? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Is it the blackest? So it is the blackest. Hey! There is a black woman-owned hand sanitizer gel. How cool is that, you guys? The company is called Exora botanical beauty that's i-x-o-r-a it's owned by mercedes edney it launched in 2012 founded in st croix but it's current currently a north carolina based small business uh the sanitizer according to her website is made up of 70 percent ethyl alcohol and offers moisturizing benefits to keep your hands from drying out too much, which has been a big problem <laughs> with people constantly washing their hands, constantly sanitizing, and not moisturizing as much. So the second ingredient, I was looking at the ingredients, is aloe. So you'll be getting a lot of the health benefits, moisturizing benefits from there. Uh, once again, that's Exora BB, I-X-O-R-A. BB.com. I think it's cool that it's black owned. It's a woman. She's from the islands. And she handmade. passed it down. It's generational, right? Because you said she uses 
ethyl alcohol. So that's like her grandmother's recipe <laughs> for the alcohol they use in it, or no? Dustin am I am I misreading trots. this? Or, totally. It's like a generational thing, right? Ethyl <laughs> ethyl's alcohol, right? It's like her grandmother's famous alcohol. You know. boom <laughs> Shout out to Mercedes. You feel me? She been out here doing her thing with Xora yeah. forever. Shout out to Mercedes. She Ethel has. And honestly, if you check the site, she has a lot of skincare. She has these dope uh, bars of soap that I've bought from her several times myself. And I can really co-sign the whole site as a whole because, like you said, she's been out here. She's licensed. Um, so... All her skincare tips online are coming from <laughs> studied. Uh, I can't even speak today. My brain is like moving a little bit slow. Take a sip of that <laughs> ethyl's alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> She's licensed. She has studied this. It's her craft. So she's someone that you definitely want to take advice from when it comes to skincare. She also does consultations, by the way. Okay. If you are someone who is having some skincare issues and don't even know where to start or what to use, she can help you customize a regimen just for your particular skincare needs. So definitely check her out. Take Once your again, nasty ass over there to her head. Her, what's the website? <laughs> Get your nasty, filthy finger ass over there. What's the website for the hand sanitizer friend? How you going to have to right. go on there? <laughs> Mercedes Edney. And the website is exorabb. Exorabb. dot com. You Cheeto fingernail having motherfuckers. <laughs> Get your ass over there to exorabb right now. <laughs> Dustin. So that's it for this week's Black Business. Are you ready to jump into the recap segment? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So last week's episode titled Good Kid, Mad City. We got into our psychology bag, a discussion around the da- discussion. What's going on with me today? <laughs> around the dangers of being raised as the good kid in the household and the mental and emotional challenges that appear later in life as a result. As always, those of you listening had a lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? <laughs> a lot of y'all stood out to me. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's how I know that the Lord is stopping me from saying what I was going to say. Just a lot of baggage. A lot of y'all were triggered. Understandably so. I feel like whenever we do like a good ass episode, everybody's like, I had to take a good ass look. And everybody did. Um, Yeah. As far as who stood out to me, there were too many to choose from. This was like a rock, paper, scissors situation. So I'm going to go with this gentleman who I'm going to keep anonymous. But uh, basically it says this episode really changed my life. I was always a good slash sneaky kid. I always got away mm. with doing things now, because I knew. Now, what is that? What? What is a good sneaky, sneaky kid? No sneaky. Don't that mean you was bad? But it's only bad <laughs> if you got caught. So They bad now, right? That shit in that letter trying to deceive us. What is that? <laughs> True. Yes, I'll continue. Um, I got married to a... Oh, excuse me. Well, let me just fast forward back to that. I always got away with doing things because I knew how to keep up appearances. I got married to a great woman, even though I was not in love with her. My mother loved her. Damn. Right. My mother loved her and told me I wouldn't find a a woman like her ever again. Up until I was married, I always had multiple women on the side that fulfilled me where my wife lacked. But once I was married and faithful, I realized the magnitude of my people pleasing has led me to a life that didn't feel like my own. The kisses were hollow and sex was a chore. Even though wow. from the outside looking in, I lived the perfect life. I've never been in love and thought that maybe I was a sociopath, but this episode has showed me that I'm not. 
I just have been faking for so long. I don't know how to be real. I feel I felt horrible about getting a divorce, but this episode showed me that if I'm ever going to be the best version of myself, I first have to find myself. As wow, as that much as amazing. that was, it was true. <laughs> like I was welcome like, to the divorce force. All right, we got our first member, y'all, the divorce <laughs> force right here. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't read that to say that, you know, we up here trying to break up happy homes. But if you know that you need to leave a situation because you are probably more toxic in it, then I, I applaud that and I appreciate that. So thank you for sharing. You didn't say to keep you anonymous, but I did because I wasn't sure if that's what you needed. But just thank you for sharing. Friend, what did you find? Did you find anything in those SoundCloud streets or have you been swerving on them? I mean, I'm going to be honest, you guys emailed me so much <laughs> and the dms and the tweets and i mean even people i personally know were texting me so i was like whoa the episode definitely like you said asante triggered a lot of people but in a good way i think yes i personally and this is my opinion i find triggers to be very useful because it just kind of highlights mm -hmm. where you need to pour a little more love into that's how i perceive it obviously you may perceive it how you do but it was nice that people were like, well, I didn't ever think of it that way. Or like the person said in the email, they just assumed they were a sociopath or something was wrong with them as opposed to just how they'd been conditioned to disassociate with their intuition and just don't even know who they are. So mm -hmm. love all the conversations that came out of it. Um, it's hard to pick, honestly, but I'm going to go with DJ Reem's Dope on SoundCloud. They said, being labeled the good kid is trash. I never realized because of that label, I avoided expressing myself a lot as both a child and adult. Mm. It was to avoid conflict with people. But because of that, it's caused me to have built up anger in situations where I should have spoke my mind up more. So now I'm looking at myself differently and will start addressing things on the spot. Mm. That was I'm actually glad DJ Reem said that because a lot of you were asking like, well, now that we know that about ourselves. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? That was a lot of the emails I received. I am not a licensed professional, so I don't feel comfortable telling you how to fix it. I think it'd be good for you to meet with someone if possible, and they can create a customized treatment plan based on what you've been through. Um, but if you're asking me how I fixed it, which is all that I can share, right. is that... Uh, kind of similar to the story I read with Grace where she said her parents no longer glowed as much when they saw her. We laughed at that but the reality is that's one of the ways to combat it is mm. to start being comfortable with disappointing people who have expectations of you that don't align with your own. That's the and fun once, part. <laughs> you know, you're going to get your parents angry or whoever your caretakers, maybe even some of your peers and friends <laughs> and whoever is around you that has an idea of you get comfortable with disappointing them it's actually extremely liberating once you start doing that i disappoint those of you listening at times too because you guys have this image of a friend that's like spotless and so when i say things <laughs> that you're like what friend i'm like yeah be disappointed <laughs> it actually helps me it helps me a lot because that way i break out of uh, your vision of me because the only one that matters is mine. So that's the way that right, I friend. Have. Love don't live yeah. here anymore. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> advice that I could share. Uh, what's that? The, the article said, be bravely bad. 
That's right. As long as it's not hurting people, I think that's the biggest thing. Don't be bad in a way that is going to make other people's lives worse. Just be bad by breaking out of expectations. Woo. So what about you, Dustin Ross? <laughs> what did you find in the Twitter streets? I don't know, but I feel so much better because when I'm good, I'm bad. But when I'm bad, I'm bad at that. <laughs> and I like I like breaking out of expectations. Fuck your mold. Fuck your mold. That sounded like a damn right. housewives tagline. <laughs> That's right. Um, word to Angela Winbush, baby. That's from I'll Be Good by Renee and Angela. But anyway, um, so the first tweet out, y'all know I'm in these Twitter streets. That's where I of stay. Of course. Um, the first one I want to point out comes from Ty Loves Poppy, T-A-I Loves P-A-P-I. And the tweet literally <laughs> says one word, debuts. And attached to this tweet is a picture of Nas's Illmatic album cover, Beyonce's mm. Dangerously, in Lo- Dangerously in Love album cover, mm. Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite album cover, and A. Marie's All I Have album cover. And Ooh. I just thought, I mean, what else needs to be said other than that word? Period. Debuts. Those are four um, artist debuts, four original albums in those artist catalogs that just kind of set the standard that places them where they are um, in their uh, respective genres today. So Amory, Beyonce, Nas, Maxwell, all four greats with four great debut albums. The second tweet I wanted to co- highlight comes from at Tall Glass of STYL. So I'm assuming that means style, but it ain't no E. So I'm gonna make it worth your while. Uh, but <laughs> all it says is Betty White been with the shits and there's a picture attached <laughs> of Betty White with Easy E and Easy oh, has his shit. arm around what? Betty White. Is that real? Mm. Yep, it's real. <laughs> Back what? in the day, it's a picture of Betty White, Dr. Dre, and Easy E at a restaurant. What? Yep. Come on. And I, I just really like, I just really thought, <laughs> I don't know, it just really made me feel warm on the inside. So <laughs> wanted to share that with you guys. And that's about it for these Twitter streets. Amazing. This week is the Dustin Ross takeover. So, Dustin, you have a show planned for us. Oh, Why don't yeah. you let us know what that is this week? Ah, ah, ah. That was my uh, <laughs> Angela, Angela Bassett from What's Love Got to Do With It when she was being taken. Ah, 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 Okay. So. This week, I thought that we would do something a little different than we normally do and move the TV land segment up to the front of our conversation because I feel like the hot button um, discussion that I want to have is definitely an offshoot of something that happened in television this week. There's really only one television event to discuss, and that was the Real Housewives of Atlanta virtual reunion for season 12. First of all, did either of you watch? Yes. No. Have you seen <laughs> clips at all, friend? Like anything circulating no. online? Okay. So let me just give you a little background information, and then I'm sure you'll be able to keep up because you know you ain't never only, been slow. Only thing I saw was a was somebody say that somebody mm-hmm. said <laughs> somebody say that somebody said <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that somebody's titties were social distancing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know who said it. I don't know who it was said about. The titties <laughs> was Eva's. The titties was Eva's. And they were social distancing. And the determination was made by Portia. Okay. <laughs> so that's how you clear that part up. And whoever the somebody said that those two somebodies had said that was right. Because that is exactly what was said. 
Um, <laughs> but yes, that's just one example, though. Perfect way. It's so perfect mean. that you brought that up. That's one example of the witty insults and quick retorts that were traded back and forth so frequently between the cast members. That's what we love from about love about that show. Rather, um, you know, we love to see them having fun and, and doing good and the whole sisterhood, you know, motif, because that's all that shit is on that show is a motif. But when we see them in conflict, sometimes it's very interesting and entertaining because the insults are funny. Not only are they funny, as a viewer of the show, you may have felt some of them same emotions too that the cast members are expressing as you've watched. Case in point, when I was watching and um, last season, Nene made those comments about Kenya's baby. You know, Kenya was pregnant and she was in her, she was eight months pregnant and she showed up to an event for Cynthia and Nene just lost it upon the sight of Kenya. They had no conflict, nothing. Nene just literally started talking shit on camera about Kenya as soon as she came in. Oh, this bitch is here. The monster's here. Oh, I think she's going to look at it. I think she's going to have a buffalo, ain't she? Basically saying she was so big and pregnant. Yeah, all this shit. Mind you, Kenya wasn't a cast member, and so she never had an opportunity to respond to that, to that talk, to that energy, to any of that from Nene. And it all stemmed from Nene being jealous of Cynthia and Kenya having a relationship, a friendship. And so Kenya kept that same energy all through season 12, and she lit into Nene's ass every time they saw each other. She never backed down from any conflict, and she was tearing Nene up. Well, recently in the news... Um, Nini's been giving interviews that Candy Burris has recently referred to as a damage control tour, which I thought was hilarious and also accurate. But those are my personal feelings. Let's take that out of the conversation. During these um, interviews, she said she started uh, insulting Kenya and making accusations that Kenya's daughter wasn't her. She was like, well, who's the baby look just like Mark, that daddy? Did she even use her own egg? She probably didn't even use her egg. Talk about this woman's one-year-old, right? So when they got to the reunion, I'm just giving you that, you know, background so you can understand this punchline and this this hit that's about to come swinging out of Kenya's hand. So when they got to the reunion, Andy Cohen asked her about that, you know, like Nene said in interviews that, you know, Brooklyn wasn't, who was her daughter, wasn't even your egg or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and she looks like her father. And Kenya Moore says, yes, and she does look like her father. And she's beautiful. Thank God for that. But we know one thing. Nene's kids are hers because they look just like her. Wow. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, my God. And Ooh. heaven and angels sing, okay? Because when, when I tell you, my stomach hit the floor. And there was a lot that went back and forth between these ladies all night long <laughs> that was good and a lot of heavy swings. Um, but that was my personal favorite. Portia Williams also did not disappoint. She's mad as hell at Eva Marcel Sterling, <laughs> okay? Because Eva was talking shit on the show, on camera again, that mouth running, that Usain Bolt mouth running, just fast, <laughs> talking shit. She said, you know, Portia's baby looked like Dennis with a bow on it, which Dennis is Portia's <gasps> baby dad, right, which now, but the only reason that you, elic- the only reason that elicited a gasp from you is because <laughs> what, friend? <laughs> oh, you ain't gotta say it, you ain't gotta say it. But but we know right now, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, so let's be clear. Portia's baby is a beautiful little girl, right? That baby is gorgeous. She looks like her dad, but not in a way where she's an ugly child or anything <laughs> like that, right? And so when it was said on the show, 
can't stop looking at you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. When it was said on the show, it was the weirdest thing because Cynthia was saying, it was a conversation <laughs> between Candy, Cynthia, and Eva. Cynthia was saying, Portia and Dennis going to be just fine. They were discussing Dennis and Portia, the separation that they were experiencing at the time. They were broken up because Dennis had cheated and shit. And so Cynthia was like, Portia loved Dennis. They're going to be fine. They're going to get back together. That baby over there, Dennis with a bow on, they fine. They're going to be back together, right? Saying like, you know, she meant literally no harm. And that's why Portia didn't take offense to it. But Eva had been talking shit already about another conversation that kind of made her look like a bad person, kind of. Mm. And so she was, was so she just kind of, she's like, mm-hmm, Dennis with a bow on and that. She kept talking shit about Portia and blogs and all this, and she used it in a very negative way. Portia is a person who I kind of feel like I would be the same way if I had a kid. Any hint of disrespect toward my child, like I oh, would be yeah. re- like guns blazing. It doesn't of have course. to be a direct blow. It, you don't have to say Dustin, your kid is ugly, but if you say my baby look like my nigga and I know you don't think my nigga is attractive, <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. You know what I mean? And it would go like that. So, but so Portia had that energy and that's where how we arrived at the social distancing breasts and all Got the you. other things that were said. And there was a lot that was said during yes. this episode. Um Candy I felt like did a good job. Candy and Kenya both, but in different ways. I felt like did a good job of staying on topic during the conversation and not getting lost in an insult war. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, you ask me a question, I'm going to give you a direct answer. And sometimes it's hard to hear because they're talking over each other. But mm-hmm. if you just isolate your focus on one person, if you watch the scene multiple times and each time you isolate your focus on a different person in the scene, you can get the gist of what each person was saying. And Candy was really being factual and hitting hard. Mm. And it was so funny to me to see the reaction that each person was getting out of each different cast member. When it, If you want to trade a basic, generic, surface-level insult that may be rooted in a little bit of truth, Nini's your go-to for that. She excels in that space, but there's no intellectual um, basis behind it. There's no, re- there's no real, like, foundation to her insults that really make them knockout punches it's just a bunch of loud shit talking whereas kenya moore okay she's gonna slug back just as hard but it's it's delivered so clearly so precisely and you know exactly the point that she's trying to make and so it's a bit more of a battle of wits than it is just trading insults with her eva is she has an intention behind her argument. She's trying to establish presence. So it's like she's holding herself back from really rolling around in the mud, but at the same time, she's saying things that qualify as things that you say when you roll around in the mud. So there's an imbalance there that really people are just sick of, and it's what's turning them off about her. Portia is ghetto in a, in the all of the best ways, and she knows she has that skill, that finesse, that playground finesse when it comes to being humorous, having punchlines, and also um, verifiable um, threats that have been delivered upon in the past, okay? Cynthia is a person who's entered the modeling industry at 18, black as hell, but left Alabama at 18 years old, moved to New York City, and she's lived a global, worldly lifestyle for all these years, and now she's amongst some other people who have not, but still have notoriety, and so she's a a happy um, uh, departure from a conversation that can get redundant at times. She's much more positive, much more upbeat, you know, a, a ray of light. 
There's other people in the cast. We don't even need to go through all of that. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Point in this, though, as I'm watching this show. So, Asante, do you have any thoughts on the on the reunion before I move forward with our, our hot button issue? Thank you. Portia did amazing. <laughs> uh, it's very funny because over the past... Well, oh, for a while now, you know, Portia has been in therapy this season and it showed over like the past like few episodes leading into the reunion. So I'm just happy to see even yeah. on the reunion, Portia still because like you said, Portia's really good with like the playground hits and things like that. She's just very witty. But I just love the fact that she was able to take the information that she's been learning, um, you know, in therapy that it's supposed to be applied to her relationship. And she's been applying it to these lessons with these women, these women. And it hasn't taken her out of character. Like it's only she's only getting sharper. And that's what I love about Portia. We've just been watching the story of her continuously like rebuilding, rebranding, and just doing the most in the most amazingest, greatest of ways. So I'm just happy to see Portia just in the right direction, loving PJ and Pilar. Um the reunion was super fucking interesting. I thought that it was gonna be kind of weird because of the the whole laptop scenario that we have to do now, but I couldn't have asked for more. It was very juicy. Um, like you said, Candy, I love that Candy's very eloquent when it comes to responding. It's not juvenile in any way. She just always hits her mark as to what the fuck the problem is. And if there even it was a problem in her eyes. So that's all I got to say. You know, the rest of it, just I'm going to keep watching. Staying tuned. Staying tuned. Well, watch those and watch her speak on it videos, too, on her YouTube channel. Because she really... It. They're very, 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 very well produced, and they provide so much insight and background information and things that happened off camera that she verifies through video, all kind of stuff. So it's a good te- additional take on what we see on the television show. But as I'm watching this reunion, I noticed that there was never really, and even though we're only on part one, this has been a recurring thing through the season for me, there's never been a real resolve in the conflict between Nene and Cynthia, right? Yeah. And Nene and Cynthia have been friends for 10 years that we've literally seen on the show. They met on the show and they were real deal actual friends for the 10 years that they've been on the show with two breaks in between. But this time, this whole season, we never really saw a complete actual resolve. There's so many 
issues between them that have not been addressed. And even this morning in Nene's interview on The Breakfast Club, she was talking shit about Cynthia again, saying how she felt like, uh, you know, after Cynthia seeing um, these girls, the other ladies on the show argue with her and make certain accusations against her character and what type of person she is, she feels like after being friends with Cynthia for that many years, Cynthia shouldn't sit silently and she should interject and say, hey, I don't think that Nene is that way. She's like this. Well, us as viewers of the show have seen her behavior, Nini's behavior suggests otherwise. And we don't really feel um, that Cynthia should be vocal and upfront about accusations about Nini that quite honestly are true based on what we've seen from this show. Mm-hmm. And there's right. been this like, she's just been completely like delusional in their relationship, but it's been sad to see as a viewer of the show. So it got me thinking, y'all know these these things that I watch on television like this, they always get me thinking on a bigger level about what's really going on, what I'm really looking at. And I started mm-hmm. thinking about friendship and when friendship is irretrievably broken as an adult, how you can separate, you know, in a healthy way. How does that impact your body, your 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 physical health? You know, what does that really mean? And why is it something that is so tough for us to watch as viewers and to experience as people? So I did a little bit of research. I got in my Hey Friend Hey bag, you know, the bag with the HFH by the by the straps. It's embossed. <laughs> but I did a little research and I found some articles um, and a couple of studies that I thought I thought had necessary information to this conversation. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. You tell me what you think about it per your own experience with adult friendships and their impact on your lives as in any way. So first, um, according to Science Daily, I learned that we are technically bad judges of friends as adults. Okay, Mm. and this is per research. Um, There was a 2016 study that was conducted by Tel Aviv University and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, a.k.a. MIT. Right. And they determined that only half of your friends would consider you to be their friend. Okay, Mm. According to the research that they conducted, people have a very poor perception of friendship ties and this limits their ability to influence their friends, according to this research. So what this is suggesting is that you may feel that you're in a whole complete friendship with a person who may not feel that same way toward you. And you guys can be engaging in a manner that feels reciprocal to you but it may not be what you think it is in their mind. And as things take place, as circumstances occur, and you react according to what you think your position is in a friendship, you may then be caught off guard, surprised, and even hurt by the way that the other person reacted. Has that been something that you all have ever experienced? Like, have you, had, have you been caught completely off guard by a person that you perceive to have a different type of relationship with you by their behavior? And if so, has it been which way on the scale of, I guess, um, investment into the relationship has it gone? Were you surprised because they were cold and reacted in a way that was not um, reflective of you all being friends? Or have you been surprised by someone being overly kind to you or showing you more of a um, more love and compassion in the relationship than you expected or anticipated and you were pleasantly surprised. What happened? What you think? Let's get in your business. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get in your business. Asante, you want to go first? Since you asked, the first thing that stuck out for me was when I was working at this call center in Atlanta, there was somebody I used to give a ride to all the time. We worked together and I thought that we was like becoming cool. Like I thought we was like, not like, not like friends, but 
I thought we was becoming like friends <laughs> because we used to like go to lunches together and then like I don't know I just thought we were like really close like I can think mm-hmm. of like all the times we rode together laughing and joking and then one day like I saw the same person at a party and I went to go speak to them and because they were with their like actual friends <laughs> we didn't know each other and I had no idea that like the world could be like that at that moment. Like Mm. it really fucked me up. And I think because in high school, I guess in like college, like all these social settings, I'd always been able to kind of like mesh with everybody. So I'd always been cool with everybody. I never really thought so much about like friendships or ties at that, at those times. But then like, I guess getting out of high school and being at work, I started to kind of give this person more like leeway and thinking that we were building something because it was like my first like connection outside of school, I guess. And that's just not, that was not the case. Like the next time we seen each other after at work, after that party, they basically told me like, we're, we don't, I don't know them like that. And I was like, well, I just thought, cause we worked together. We was cool. And they were like, yeah, we have a working relationship. So we just cool at work. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Hmm. And after that, I started. There was a walking ass. There was was a walking ass. After that, I started asking for gas money. And then we just weren't (laughs) cool at all anymore after that. And I got a promotion and then they got sent back to the temple. It was cool. It was fucked up, but it was cool. Not it was cool. That hurt me. (laughs) That fucked me up. So right when you said that, I was like, damn, like I felt like they treated me like I was being delusional. And it wasn't a situation of me just like calling them and texting every five minutes wondering we were going to hang out. I just seen the nigga at the party and was like, oh, that's the nigga from like we go to the mall and eat and be making fun of people in the court, in the food court. And they were like, no, like these are my people. Wait, but here. did they react like they didn't know who you were? Like, or it was just like a blank stare? You know when you go to hug someone <laughs> and they ice you out. And they kinda like like back a little bit. They kinda like They bristle. They bristle. Yeah. And so oh, and so Lord. that happened. <laughs> and I like when I tell you egg cracked on my face and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like I, I had never felt that. It it still hurts. <laughs> Yikes. I mean I've, I hate to say it, but I've been on the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have, friend. You cracked okay. egg in my face. Oh, gosh. I'm what like, happened, I hate friend? to say it. So as far as my friends, like you guys and, you know, the girls and just everyone I'm cool with, my friendships up until right now are really solid. So I can't speak on any of that because we all communicate. Everyone kind of shares what they need, what they don't need. Um, but... The interesting thing is the friction I've dealt with the most has actually been with peers in this industry that we're in where there's a misunderstanding that because I'm nice to you or engage in conversation when I see you, you know, or, you know, we end up at a lot of the same events. We have a lot of the same peers, same circles, same management teams, all that, that we're friends. (laughs) there's a misunderstanding that that's a translates into friendship Mm -hmm. and i think people can feel away when they realize that you actually didn't grant them that access and even just saying that feels uncomfortable because i think that it is uh sometimes we forget that we can do that that you can tell someone you're actually not my friend. I'm actually not interested in being your friend. Right. I don't fuck this with is you a like circum- that. Yeah, it's a circumstantial connection where it's like when I see you at work, we have that thing. But it doesn't mean that, you know, now if I'm free and you see me, you're like, hey, let's go to dinner. Because I, I, one thing I'm really bad at, and I've, I'm actually been working on that, people will ask me to dinner 
And you know what? This might tie into last week's episode of not wanting to disappoint people or or, or watch their glow go away when they see you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't want to go to dinner with you. I'm not interested. But I don't know how to say that because I don't like to be mean. And it's under this thing of like, oh, I don't want to make them feel bad or think that I'm a bitch. But like I have the right to not be interested in going to dinner with people just because they want to go to dinner. And it puts you in a shitty position and I've just now been learning in the past couple of years how to say, I'm actually not interested. Thank you for your nah, offer. Nah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it sucks and it's hard for me. This is one of the ways that being the quote unquote good kid fucks you up as an adult because you don't want to be the quote unquote bad person. And then you yeah. end up getting into marriages like the email that we received with someone you don't even fuck with like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you end up in friendships with someone you don't even fuck with like that just because they're there or they gave you the attention and you haven't even navigated those feelings. So that's something I'm struggling with. I still feel challenged by because people are very kind to me. I'm very kind to people. And sometimes that can that can be translated as we should be friends. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what to say because I don't want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actions speak louder than the words, honey. So you can just act funny. What you do is you just always have <laughs> other plans. You always have other things on your calendar. You See, but I don't want to do that. I know I don't, you don't, I, but sometimes I, you got I, to. <laughs> I've actually been trying not to do that because that's my go-to to say, oh, actually... I'm really busy or, but I'm like, what's wrong with radical honesty? Why can't I tell you I'm Nothing not interested? Nothing to me, but a bitch can't handle it. That's the problem. <laughs> like me, I, I you can tell me. I want to be able to do that. You can tell yeah. me some shit like that and y'all both know that I would be like, okay, cool. Like I get it and I'm really, I'm not even Understood. tripping. Because mm-hmm. you're being clear with me. You know what I mean? But other, and we also have that sort of familiarity with each other. So maybe that's not the most fair example. But True. I too am a person who, let me tell you. So first of all, are you done? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Because see, here's the thing. I I don't, I feel like it's going to be easy for somebody to misinterpret what you said. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your intention behind it. So I want to add a little context and clarity because I too doze our hands to the motherfucking rib cage. Okay. <laughs> I, too, have been in that position. But here's the thing. I enjoy, like, being friendly with people. Okay? Totally. I enjoy um, feeling good, and I make a lot of... I make acquaintances with with a lot of people often um, that that's just kind of what it is. You know what I mean? And so where it gets murky for me is that can often feel as if it is a portal to a closer relationship with me. That's it then is intended. Mm. And then it is. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause not only are yeah. my intentions, not that I'm putting up a wall. Okay. Mm. Right. So mm. my thing is like, however, I've also, it's, it's just such a tricky, slippery slope because I also have encountered some amazing people and foster genuine connections with them simply from being a nice person and then them reciprocating that energy and found actual real friendships that were grown, not from a a random, I guess, not from anything intentional, just from being good to each other, I'll say. Okay. Mm -hmm. But um, it just gets tricky. And I think this is one of those gray areas in life where it's really important to read the fucking room. Okay. Totally. You have to learn, be a person who becomes aware of tone, aware of 
social cues. You have to um, just really assess situations overall from afar before you enter them. Who is this person? How am I connected to them? What does that mean? How are we connected otherwise? Are there any any ties that run deep? What is this? So I can understand how much to, of myself to even invest to make it comfortable for everybody involved. So sometimes you got to just kind of read the room like it's, it's not meant for you to be close with everyone. You know what I'm saying? And this doesn't mean that you have to walk around being a person who is icy or well, you should be icy because you should have diamonds on. But I mean, like icy as far as like, you know, <laughs> having a chilly reception of others. It's not necessary often when I, when if both parties just kind of, again, read the room, nobody gets their feelings hurt. And I think you grow at an organic pace with people and you become what you were intended to become. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's you know, that's just that's how I feel. Can I say you know so? No, I agree. Yeah. And, and Asante, I think one thing I will add on to that, because like I said, this I felt like I was on the other side of your situation. Mm -hmm. But. I, I, it doesn't justify them being rude, though. Mm -mm. Right. Like that, See, just because I might be viewing this as a circumstantial thing where it's like, you're just my work friend, not necessarily my friend friend, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to act weird when I see you outside of work and act like, oh, no, you can't, you know, don't hug me, yeah. don't touch me. Like, that's just weird. I was going to say that's different. Like, what you said, I, I understand because... I've kind of been there. Like, like I can see now that you put it in that way, I was like, oh, damn. So I've been on the other side, too. But in the sense right. of like... I'm sure we all have. Yeah. But like when you said that to me, I thought to myself, like, that was the difference. Like, it would have been one thing if he... Like, if we kind of established that at work or if like when we seen each other out, he hugged and still was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm with my people and not for nothing. I really don't... Like, if it would have been like an expert, like uh, just a, a light, whatever, it would have been cool. But because it was so like stiff and stank, it was like, what the fuck is this? So with that said, one thing Ooh, that I would stiff like, and stank. That's the worst kind of shit. Like, it hurt coming out. Uh, uh. <laughs> but, but to what you were saying, friend, if anybody can make no okay, <clears throat> you can. Like everybody knows that you're busy saving the world. Like you, you gotta <laughs> like like I feel like if you said no to anyone, and I, this is just me, so like uh, clearly I'm biased. Cause I'm sure you say no to someone. They'll be like, Oh, she's a B. But I feel like yeah. if you say no to anyone, they'll be like, Oh, she's busy. She's doing this. She's doing that. But like, it sucks that like, like Dustin was saying, not everybody has that like emotional intelligence or they're not reading the room enough to realize like, Oh, like what am I thinking asking for this person's time when they on the road and they about to leave like in two hours or whatever. Like, I, like people just sometimes are missing. And I just think that it's so interesting. Like when you put that in the context for me, I was like, damn, how many times have I like, because I said yes to something that people thought that that was going to open three more doors for him. Right. When I was right. just trying to like, you know, be cool or pay respect be, or be cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you know, I actually learned from, sorry to interrupt you, Dustin. Go ahead. <laughs> I actually learned this lesson and it was an incredible lesson. Cause like I said, I'm sure we've been on so many sides of it too. Um, this executive that I had when I was an artist, we had met at an event and then we kept seeing each other and I was like, oh, we cool now, you know, because <laughs> she, she was like really nice. And, you know, every time we saw it was love. Um, she introduced me to people and then I asked her for her number and she said no. <laughs> how, did, how did she say no, friend? <laughs> but it was beautiful because yes. it was a complete sentence. She didn't buffer it with, 
oh, you know, I got to keep a distance between clients. She didn't do none of that. She looked me in my face and said no. And I I remember I wanted to die of embarrassment because it was so short. But I also, in later years, as a businesswoman myself now, I was like, that is some powerful shit. She didn't even give me no kindness, no sweetness. It was like, this is it. I have nothing to explain. You don't get my number. (laughs) And you know what else, friend? That could have been more about her than it was about you anyway. Oh, of course. I didn't take it. Yeah, at that point, I took it that way, obviously, because I was embarrassed because it's like, fuck, bro. Like, how you going to do me like that? But as, as the woman I am now, I'm like, that was her boundary. That was her right. She had no interest in us knowing each other beyond the Mm -hmm. hellos and the events Mm -hmm. and the hugs and that. And that was her right. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I I admire that. I'm like, I wish I could do that because I can't. I just not at that point. I still feel bad. If I tell you no, I'm still going to be like, uh, because, uh, because I have, you know, (laughs) and I feel this need to nurture whatever emotions I might trigger in you because Think about it. You know, we're all human. So that could be a rejection energy that I make you feel. That could be some abandonment shit. You could think I'm think I'm better than you are and I don't want you in my life. So many things could come up just by me saying no. And so the the like mommy energy that I kind of have sometimes where I'm just like, I don't want you to feel bad, you know, and, and I'm going to want to like nurture whatever came up. But that's not my job. Mm-mm. And so that's what I'm learning now. Like. However you take it is not my job. My only job is to have my boundaries and make them clear. And like, that's that. But well, I'm learning that because I don't even really know how to do that yet. It's good that you're learning that because you're responsible for that part of your health, your physical health and your mental Period. health. Period. Um, because nobody else is going to do it for me. Nobody, because just like you said, it's not their responsibility. Okay. And so managing your own emotions through your personal relationships I feel is your responsibility when you enter into relationship with somebody. If I say we're going to be friends that I feel, I feel this is just some dust and shit. I feel like I'm taking on the responsibility to make sure that your experiences with me are good. That's probably Mm -hmm. not healthy, but that's how I feel. And Mm -hmm. so like if I'm managing my emotions, that means even if I have a feeling that may not be um, the healthiest or the most positive about us, I'll do the work to fix it internally on my end. Cause it could just be something that like, like you just spoke of may have, you know, resulted from a trigger of some sort, you know, and may not have nothing to do with the person. So I work through it myself first. And that literally deletes 75% of the shit in that, in that space. You know what I mean? And the rest of it, you guys work through to grow your relationship and you do it because you care. Otherwise, it takes a toll on you. And speaking of take, speaking of things like that taking a toll on you, um, uh, William J. Chopic, Chopic, C H O P I K, Chopic. Okay, which I think would be a great <laughs> restaurant name, but more on that later. So William <laughs> J. Chopic um, from the Department of Psychology at Michigan State University conducted a cross-sectional survey of two hundred and seventy-one thousand adults and found that valuing friendships was related to better physical functioning particularly amongst older adults so you think Mm. about that y'all that tells you right there for a fact that having good friendships this is not the stress and anxiety you feel over 
friendships falling out or maybe not having the best luck in friendships. That's a real actual thing. It's a oh, physical yeah. result of that stress. Um, and if it also greatly impacts adults later in life at a time when you, it's really important, I guess most important, I should say, to pay attention to your physical health, that means that it makes sense that you should become a better person or try your best to be your best self the older that you get, especially applied to the relationships in your life, right? Because you want to at least feel good. Um, and that made me start thinking about feeling bad based on friendships ending, right? Ooh. And and how <laughs> platonic friendships, that the ending of, let's talk some real shit for a second, right? Like ending or dissolving a friendship, sometimes that's worse physically and, and emotionally on you than a breakup with somebody that you were dating or in that sort of relationship with. Because the closeness that you experience to me, like in a platonic friendship, that sort of transparency, it's just a deeper level than it is even with your partner. And so once you end that and you have to manage, you know, how to move forward beyond that, it just takes a lot of you, a lot out of you. And I found an article in Time magazine um, from September of 2018 called Why Ending a Friendship Can Be Worse Than a Breakup, which I had just thought in my head. So I was like, well, let me click this because this is clearly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And one of the points that I love that they made was where the... Um, Miriam Kim Miriam Kiermaier, who is a clinical therapist that specializes in adult um, friendships and young adult friendships as well. But she said that we feel ashamed often that we couldn't make it work when those friendships end. She said shame is a a, a frequent um, emotion or emotional consequence that people have when they end those sort of friendships. And she said people feel like they should have this figured out and they assume that everyone else has it figured out how to sustain friendships. So they feel like they're doing something wrong when they're going through friendship breakups and especially when it becomes a pattern. Um, so I thought the shame angle was something worthy of discussion because I literally have been through this. And ending adult friendships is not something that I've done frequently. So when it's happened, it has felt worse than a death. And mm. I have, because I prioritize social interaction and being a good friend to my friends, I have felt ashamed over certain friendships ending over or over relationships like that ending in my life. And it's caused me to do a very intense and probably too intense self-assessment of my portion. And it's just really hard. I've really been hard on myself about that. Um, and so I just wondered if that was something that like you guys share too, when, cause I'm sure we've all had relationships, you know, adult friendships that have come to an end, unfortunately, but did you feel ashamed too when it happened or, or were you, some days I don't care. Some days I'm like, fuck it. You know, I, I don't even give a fuck. Fuck you. I don't care. And we're not friends and bitch. If somebody asked me today, I'm going to tell them. Other days, I'm like, damn, I'm embarrassed that, you know, this didn't happen because what is it saying about my ability to sustain healthy relationships as an adult? So have you found yourself in that position ever? Uh, yes. But see, friend, a... you're really clear about ending relationships and stuff like that. You're very <laughs> clear about that. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if friend has ever even been in that space because you might have been all right with arriving at the decision to end those relationships you know what's funny when it happens there's a friendship that i was a part of for years i mean i i love her to pieces even just thinking about her now mm -hmm. one of my favorite friends and it's interesting because when i ended the friendship 
at the time, it felt like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It felt in that point of my consciousness <laughs> and my understanding of life, it felt like I was in the right. And when I look back now, <laughs> who I am now, I'm like, we could have fixed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There could have been a conversation that was had. I could have held space for her to share her perspective because just because I had my own doesn't mean that it was the right one. Mm. Um, and then I could have made, and she could have made space for mine. And we are the type of people that I know for a fact. It wouldn't have been easy, but it would have been something we could have worked through. And when I think back on it, I, there have been many times where I've wanted to text her out the blue and just be like, we were dumb. <laughs> I love you. Let's just like fix that, you know? And yeah. and something stops me. And I know it is the shame of, you know, like, it's the shame of like, damn, my perspective was so limited. And like, look at the damage we did because of that, you know? And that is where the shame comes from for me personally. But um, and it was dumb. Like, is it? It tied into you, y'all. Know I'm someone that like doesn't ask for help. Yes, I have issues with that. I I I like find myself to be very self sufficient, and I stick to that, which is a whole other problem in itself. So when I am beyond uh, my scope of something, or am over-functioning, it's very, very difficult for me to reach out to people and say, I need help with this, that, and the other. So I had, a responsibility had come on me where someone was expecting me to do something that I could not do at that time. Mm -hmm. And I asked her for help, and she said no. Mm -hmm. And I was so angry because I had had that that uh, identity of being someone who never who never asked for help, so it was almost like a slap in the face. Like, you're really not gonna look out for me in this thing. And she was just like, no. And it was similar to the executive thing. It's like she had the right to say no. <laughs> like, just because I had that identity doesn't mean that she has to rush to the thing that I need in that moment. And I just didn't, you know, I I just made it so difficult. Uh, on both of us because I was just like, oh, fuck that. A real friend wouldn't have put me in that position. And mind you, it was something that had nothing to do with her. So it was like silly, you know, but we were young. And and at that time, I felt really hurt by that, by her not looking out. Um, and we haven't spoken since. And it's sad because I'm like, that's so childish. Damn. <laughs> you know? On the other side of that, okay, when you have been a friend to someone, and when you do have the identity of not needing help or not asking for help or not being a person who is lazy and just leans on their friends in that way, there is a space there for people to reason that you must really be in a position where you need this help. And if they were able right, to give it to you. Right, which is how I viewed it right. at the time. And so even though that's completely a, a haughty perspective, I guess, if I'm being honest with myself, mm-hmm. it is still something that is reasonable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, I, and 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 that I think is why you reacted to that experience that way. And to me, it still stands to this day. So I ain't tell you to make a <laughs> I tell you to make a foot or whatever. But I'm just saying, like you know, don't beat yourself up about it because you know I understand where you were coming from. Like, damn dog, like really, 
You know what I mean? Like if I right, like, like it's like you know me, and that's how I felt in that moment. Like you of all people know that if I'm asking, that means I really need the help. And it wasn't right. money, right? It right, wasn't right. anything that like was ridiculous or something beyond her ability. It was a favor. It was a favor that she just didn't see it for, and I was very injured in that in that moment and just kind of wasn't able to bounce back. I am too, because I feel like my, like today in my life and the person that I am today, my friendships are supposed to be like a place where I feel safe and vice versa. And so that almost feels like a betrayal of some sort of like, yeah, like you can't, and you don't get over it. Like I was hurt, hurt bro. Like I was like, yo, my heart, you said no to me. Mm-hmm. I also like to be a person who, when it comes to like my romantic relationships and my friendships, I like to kind of mean what I say. So I don't ever like to play with that. Like, well, fuck it, we ain't cool, or fuck it, we broke up. I don't do that in relationships with people. Yeah, at all. same. We either gonna argue about it or we're going to whatever the fuck. But I'm never gonna tell you I'm done fucking with you or I'm through with you unless that's what I mean. And so going back from that. Get what I'm saying? It's hard for me in situations where even to this day I struggle with one relationship in particular. Like sometimes you want to make amends with a person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even when they were flat out wrong. Because mm. the, the person was wrong. Okay. And I forgive you, but I don't fuck with you like that. And you know why. Right. But do you put the band back together or do you <laughs> Remain a solo. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? It's just hard. You and you, and that's something that I think you struggle with daily. I've ended relationships before, like with people I've dated and shit that I have I've missed. You know what I'm saying? But I've still been. I'm a person who has a strength in that space. A lot of people, it's hard for them not to reach out to somebody or you know what I mean or whatever. For me, I would rather my word have value. I guess so. I don't like going back on my right. word after I've said that. And so you struggle with that sometimes because you do, you know, I don't know. No, I mean, it's true. Mm. We've had, <laughs> remember, we had that combo where we talked about giving people second chances after they fuck up, mm-hmm. remember? Yeah. And we talked about that. And I don't know, it's hard. I think it's a case-by-case situation, personally. Uh, just in closing, I guess, because uh, there's so many more notes that I have on this conversation, but a show can only be so long. I think it's um, good for me to share this one little tidbit that uh, Miriam Kiermaier suggested. She said, you'll actually go through a bit of grief process with the end of a friendship and that's okay. If you feel like you can't change the toxic friendship situation, it's okay to mourn it, move on and find relationships that are much more satisfying. After a friendship breakup, it's common to feel anger, sadness, loneliness, and anxiety about seeing the person and fearful of my of mutual friends picking sides. Understanding that all of these feelings are normal will help you to start moving forward, and what it all comes down to is cutting yourself some slack. She says that you should recognize the language you're using when you're talking about yourself instead of jumping the labels like calling yourself a bad friend. And you should speak to yourself that the way that you would to a good friend. So I guess the moral of all this is that if you're going to be a good friend to anyone, you should be a good friend to yourself first. And a place where that can really show up in your life is when you're managing the emotions that come along with ending friendships, which is what them bitches on Bravo last Sunday made me think about. (laughs) 
Not Because <laughs> I was so, because I was so mad. Like, oh my god, I was thoroughly entertained. But then I'm like, okay, there needs to be some room for resolve to all of this and it was hard for me to see it in what i saw on sunday night and that's what had me go down the rabbit hole of ending friendships the impact of that on your lives and all of that so i guess much like one yet one yay and them although we've come to the <laughs> end of the road okay <laughs> no but i i think too before you close off mm -hmm. Uh, remember how we've talked about auditing yourself too. I mm -hmm. think that's big. Like if something like this happens, sit with yourself and be like, okay, well, what was my part in this dynamic? You know, like what could I have done to be a better friend? Yeah. And and sometimes it's important to even have. I ask my friends that all the time. Like when my friends, I like. Well, y'all know I like auditing myself, and I like auditing the people around me. Asking how can I be more supportive? How could I you know, what are the things that we can do for this friendship to just be healthier and better? And you learn, like you say, learn to read the room. Different friends need different things as well. Not all your friends are going to need the same approach by you because we're all different. Some friends need more attention. Some friends don't need that much attention. Some need uh, acts of service. You know, love language isn't just for the romance. It's mm -hmm. also in friendship like what can i do so that you know i'm present and i'm thinking of you and i love you and i actually think people don't work as hard in their friendships mm -hmm. i think they pay a lot more attention to their romantic relationships and don't really have the same approach or uh intention well you know for why their friends <laughs> it's just something i think people don't consider well yeah i mean yeah, i know what you're about to say <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean you know Risk reward, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish people showed the same level of care. You know, it's I love my friends. I, I take care of them. They take care of me the same way that I would romantically. The only difference is obviously the physical nature <laughs> isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asante, you were making faces. You wanted to add something? No, I was just thinking about a time <laughs> where I was catfished. Um, Y'all might By a friend. Yeah, <laughs> you might know. Oh him. shit, I remember exactly. <laughs> and and that was the ultimate feeling of shame because a lot of my friends I met online. So like XD, I met online. Kia, I met online. Friend, I met you on. Like I met a lot. What of you mean online. catfished by a friend online? So some people on Twitter. <laughs> Back in the day, we used to always like do these little Skype calls and we would just get on Skype and talk to each other and bullshit. And somebody that was popular on Twitter at the time, I guess, well, yeah, they were popular on Twitter at the time. I don't even know how he they... was. Even I was cool with him online. I don't cool. even know. <laughs> Formerly known as Gay Shit Goes Here. Um, gay okay. Shit Goes Here. I don't even know how he like became part of the calls thing, but he was like part of the thing. Like it was the shit where, you know, we was all friends. We would all talk shit to each other. We would all like call each other at random times, like, you know, do real friend shit, but like long distance. So found out that the nigga was a catfish. And when I tell you the shame, like, like the sheer and utter, like, why didn't I see this or like know the signs, like all of that happened because it was like, well, was it a nice catfish? Because all catfish ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if you ain't trying to get nothing out of me, you know what I'm See, saying? So Be who thing. you want. I don't give a damn. 
He was really <coughs> nice though. That's the that, part yeah. that felt worse. That was the that was the thing. He was cool as fuck up until he got exposed, and then. From there, he like flipped the narrative on us and made it seem like we didn't want to be his friend no more because we found out he, we didn't want to be his friend no more because we found out he wasn't who he said he was. But he tried to paint it be, to be like because he wasn't <laughs> the light skinned dream or whatever that he was. And I was like, you just wasn't who you said you were because he was putting up pictures of some light skinned young person, and then he was like this dark skinned overgrown person, insecure about sexuality and all these other things, and it was just like. The shame that I felt because I was kind of like, damn, am I bad enough? Like that we you couldn't tell us the truth, or you just had to like put do, pull one over on us, or like whatever. It just felt like I couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. So for the longest time, I just had these weird walls up of like, do I even waste my time with anybody else? Like I already like know who I know. Do I even waste my time? Like especially because <laughs> it was Twitter, and at the time people were just kind of like popping up trying to say hot shit before. We were even known as any of these circles before a hashtag was even a fucking hashtag, but the nigga wasn't real, and that shit felt so weird for the longest. So where is he now? Does he is he online as himself we don't even know now if or he, no? Where he was then, really? <laughs> like we'll never know. Well, shout out to you. What was what was his fake name? Gay shit. Go- oh, Zach. What was his fake name? Gay shit goes here. Was shout his, out uh, to you, Zach. His Twitter at the time. You but. should you should write in deck and let us know how you doing, brother. Because you know what, <laughs> Why you everybody plays been the fool sometimes. Like I will, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Know. This is a safe space, Zach. So if you want to tell your side of the story, my nigga, call right in and let's chit chat. I want to know how you doing, brother. Now, Stay like strong. That. When we confronted his ass, he was like, "I'm gonna email y'all a picture of what I really look like." And this nigga sent a white, like a blank white sheet. I was like, this motherfucker what? is playing. Yes. See, I like Aww. it. I like him. <laughs> well, <laughs> you might be talking to him right now and don't even know. Right. So, Zach, listen, brother. It's okay. You know listen, what I'm saying? Brother. It's okay. <laughs> you can be who you are and you can let us know. We just want to make sure you're doing good. Thank you. I'm glad you shared that story, no, Sante. fuck that. Because I, I, can't, I can't wait to BT talk about finding it. me. <laughs> there you go. Finding Zach. Where are you at? Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can even get Jay Hood on the track. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at? All right. Well, thank you guys for a wonderful hot button conversation about going to the end of the road. Thank you. That was great, Dustin. Thank you. No problem. problem. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Next, it's time to bring in the motherfucking wind chimes with a real one. Hey, friend, hey, with the wellness segment. Let's go. <laughs> so I remember how happy you guys were when I shared the chilled fox, chilled cow. And Asante, you jumped on and shared some YouTube channels that you love listening to when you need some ambient music or just yeah. kind of to vibe out or study music. Um, so you guys have literally been 
te- uh, <laughs> tweeting me ever since, just being like, yo, that was a game changer, thank God. Especially during this quarantine where a lot of you have a lot of work to do at home and are having a hard time <laughs> focusing, uh, sticking to those deadlines and those goals. So now is the time to pull out all the tools to help you facilitate those uh, work from home sessions. So I actually wanted to share another YouTube channel that I am a huge fan of. It's been a big part of my life. I actually posted about it on Twitter a couple weeks ago and on my IG stories a couple months ago, maybe. And then I realized, wait a minute, I never brought it to friend zone. So it's called a meditative mind. Have you heard of it, Asante? Because I know mm-hmm. you be surfing. Is that one of them like streets. where they play all them eight hours of, of healing yes, music? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I knew it. I knew the Sofagio frequencies, which are just really healing frequencies that your body's frequencies can start harmonizing with when you feel like. like this. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, not that's that how your body harmonizes. <laughs> I mean, hey, that. That's a way that it works as well. Oh. But today we're focused on the YouTube channel. Go ahead, friend. And we've <laughs> talked about this before where you know that your body gives off a frequency or a vibe, as the kids like to say. That's why when you step into a room and you can stand next to someone and just be like, this person's vibe is off and not even really know why. Maybe they didn't even say shit to you. Uh, but your vibes just don't harmonize in any way. So you can have the same way that your body gives off vibrations. So does sound and tones and music. And so these are all uh, these songs are all tuned to very specific emotional needs that could help you. So I love it. They have ones for relaxation. They have some that are tuned to the frequency of energy. Maybe you need some energy because you have a big project looming that you need more focus on, Uh, meditation. They have all kinds of frequencies based on what you might be looking for. Uh, The YouTube channel, I looked in its about section, it says meditative mind creates meditation music, healing music based on solfeggio frequencies, mantra chants, and various other resources for relaxation, sleep, healing, and meditation. So if you need something in your day, it's a little chill, a little calmer. The chilled cow and chilled fox is more so, I think, for like studying and reading. But this is more when you want to uh, enter a different state with your mind where you're like, I need to remove work. I need to remove the internet. I need to remove being the good kid. <laughs> being the spouse. bad friend. <laughs> Not liking my spouse. All the levels that we are working with. I this hate is my a fucking way. kids. <laughs> Listen, it's not the just... the kids who hate their parents because, yeah, like, that my... little girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not just audio either because I put on one of those while I was rolling up because I, I did it with the intention of not starting the music that I wanted to listen to yet because I wanted to pay attention to what I was listening to. So I was like, oh, this keeps coming up on my YouTube. Let me play this right quick. While I was rolling up, friend, I was higher than I'd ever been before. I was like, it has to be these frequencies playing <laughs> because it just was not natural. Like, I just felt like really like attuned and centered to what was happening. I was like, I haven't yes. paid this much attention in a long ass time. So them things And that's work. what's really cool about it because it's a natural, It's well, I would say a natural way to get high as if weed isn't fucking natural. <laughs> hey! 
It's a different way to get high. Maybe if you don't have the money to buy weed or <laughs> look at <laughs> somebody's lighting up on the screen. And I knew I was too damn high because of that, because I remember rolling up and feeling like I was just tuned into rolling up before I even smoked. I was like, it has to be this music. And it was. It is, man. It was. It is. Honestly, you feel very buzzy. What was funny is when I played it on my IG stories, a couple of you went and looked for the one that I was listening because you could see the title and the messages had me dying. Somebody was like, girl, <laughs> what is this? I feel high. I feel buzzy. Yeah. This is exactly what I needed. And it's cool because it just shows you the power of frequencies and how you can use it to your advantage. You know, like once you start studying it, really look at it, Study the science of it. Y'all know we are big fans of that here on the show. Um, study your atoms, your cells. What is it that you're vibrating? What does that even mean? And how these sulfagio frequencies uh, can be integrated into your daily schedule so that you can like, I don't like the term manipulate because it's not like you're trying to manipulate your body, but it's just more so gaining an understanding of like <laughs> thing tools you can use to help you get through the day, especially at a time like this. So a meditative mind on YouTube. And like Asante said, they have some videos that are eight fucking hours long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you literally will not run out. <laughs> the hell they got on there? Aretha Franklin funeral? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so just wanted to put that into your awareness because it has been extremely helpful for me and hopefully it will be helpful for you and that's it for this week's wellness segment asante mr music man <coughs> what you got for us this week <coughs> excuse me excuse me i would just like to say i am loving the state of music right now <laughs> amen um with the world being what it is right now, it's great to have a beautiful escape where artists are getting along and being celebrated and not being pitted against each other. And I just want to keep this trend going so we can keep, you know, just adding value and power to all of these people. Um, there are just a few little things I kind of want to talk about. I didn't watch and read up on everything that I want to talk about. So I just want to mention them because I know you guys are probably a little bit more in tune than I am. I want to start somewhere really random. Just as I want to get this off my chest. Brandy, we talked about her last week. Um, she's back with the track Baby Mama featuring Chance the Rapper. Now, I've been <laughs> listening to the song more and more, and I've been playing it a lot just because, and I had to realize, I was like, why am I listening to this song? Because when I first heard it, I hated it. And I was like, I'm not listening to this damn song. But I'm listening to it more and more because I miss Brandy's voice, and I just love Brandy. But it's just not a track for me. So for... Brandy, Brandy's camp, baby mama's doing what it needs to do. It really is because the numbers are good. Like I've been watching her YouTube, you know, already got the million views on there. So I just want another single or something like give me, give me the next. And I know that sounds rude because shout out to Brandy for doing the visuals. You know, she had a choreography, gave us an actual music video and has been doing the in-home stuff. Thanks, Brandy. Love you. I need another song because I'm glad you're back. I just want a stronger record, a different record. This record was strong production wise. But lyrically, it was missing for me. Can y'all help me understand why the internet hates this song so much? Everyone was making fun of her for days, and I'm so lost. <laughs> I missed What's so all of wrong that. with it? it like, uh, please. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin, <laughs> I see your face. Because I'm not trying to trash. I feel 
uncomfortable answering what's wrong with it, right? Because I'm not trying to just trash Brandy's effort, okay? And I'm also mm-hmm. not trying to take away from who she is as an artist and what she means to music because she's done a lot and she means a lot to music and pop culture as a whole. But I just feel like that ain't it. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to hear Brandy singing about. I have to, to keep it a buck. I don't like songs from artists about how much they love their kids. That's boring <laughs> to me. That's Wait, boring what? to me. That shit means something. I'm sorry. That shit means something to you and your family, oh and God. it's beautiful to y'all. But I'm not sitting up smiling, swaying side <laughs> to side with my mouth with a closed mouth smile and oh the good feelings and the love you have for your child. But we loved it when Lauren Hill wrote Zion. Because that was the shit. It wasn't a typical <laughs> ode to my child like baby mama is. And then that then, okay, so so let's start there. Ooh. So it's not so much that song, it's songs like that. Then um also the the beat the production is great I love I actually like the production that's why I was so thrown off when she started saying baby mama baby mama <laughs> like she you know when she kept on like when she kept repeating baby mama I was like a little confused what and then like so then when like the the chance the rapper feature was completely um, unexpected random yeah, yeah you know like what the hell are you doing here like you don't even you married ain't he married. <laughs> Yes, he is. So, like, what are you? This ain't like you ain't. You got a baby, and she got a mama, but you ain't got no baby. Right? You know what I'm saying? Then I, I just I don't understand. And the, while the choreography is great, everything's so busy. Everything, every look, you know, it's just like everything's just so much going on with the song and the video. And then when you watch the video and have to hear the song at the same time. I just you feel like you're in a like like in oh eye, like you God. feel like this is gonna be your shoes hanging out from underneath Sasha that house on down. the Wizard of Oz. It's gonna be your feet sticking up underneath that house on the Wizard. Of Oz. You feel oh like God. that's how you feel. You feel overwhelmed, like a home <sighs> fell on you. Then, like Brandy, you got such a voice. You got such a distinct, memorable voice. All these bells and whistles and dings and. And you know, I I felt like Mary in the uh, Hillary interview. <laughs> is it a gun? Is it a crown? Is it a bell? Is it a braid? Is it a child? Is it a song? Y'all are kidding. I, like I, I just, it was just too. It's just too much for me. I love Brandy's voice. I love Brandy's voice. I I would love for her to come back in something that highlights and showcases that that I can focus on that. You know what I'm saying? And not everything. Baby mama, baby mama. I was like, whoa. I liked it. Whoa. I liked it. I like, I was happy to hear her. She sounds fucking great. Back to her, you know, stacked harmonies and her vocals. Like, she's just so great. And I don't know. I heard it and I was like, okay, baby mama. Like, I don't know. That's where she's at. You didn't know. You didn't (laughs) know, did you? She good. (laughs) And mind you, again, and and another thing that I, that threw me off, didn't her daughter just turn eighteen? Oh wow, is For she real? really eighteen? Her daughter, her daughter, I believe she's eighteen. That's let me, crazy. let me, you know what? Let me Google now so that we're not, you know, let's make sure that we're accurate. But she also, her daughter is singing on the song. Her daughter has a beautiful voice. Seventeen. She passed, oh, that's she, so cool. She's seventeen. Yeah, she turns eighteen on in June next or oh, next month. Okay, so wow, here we go. We are old. That's crazy. She's shy from turning eighteen. That's crazy. She ain't no baby. You know what I'm saying? She ain't got. You ain't got no baby. You got a grown adult daughter. Like, like, 
maybe she should have been like, "I'm your mama," or so. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm I your just, mama. It just, it just missed me completely. And maybe it's not for me. For those who enjoy it, good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't a brandy thing for me. It's a that song thing for me. It doesn't become a brandy thing for me until we start looking at it as a choice that she made. And then it's like, brandy, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? But like. <laughs> Talking about the song itself, it just didn't it miss me. Does that make does that make sense, to y'all? Yeah, one hundred thousand percent. Um, wait. So, what do you think about the uh, the I'm a mama version of Savage, the Kirk Franklin? Have you seen the video? Wait, what? Oh yeah, at his home, right? Him <laughs> and his wife. I'm they a re- mama? they did a parody of Savage, and he had an orchestra outside in the front. And then the video turned around and it panned to his wife, like passing the baby to the nanny, and then she raps about being a mother. Yeah, which like, I, I understood that. I, I, let me stop. I don't know. That's let me why. Stop. Let me stop. <laughs> um, I'm a mama. Yeah, and then they're like something Michelle Obama, like something like that. I ain't. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was cute. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Fred. <laughs> she gonna have to get out the spray again. Yo. I'm so glad we don't record these. Woo! What? Um, but yeah, I wanted to bring up Brandy because that's what I that's what I deciphered about the song. I'm like, why do I keep listening to this song? And I realized I just miss Brandy's voice. Because it's pretty. It's yeah, still Brandy. It's beautifully done. It's just not. <laughs> no, Dustin did not turn his back on like, me. <laughs> Like honestly, yeah. sometimes songs like that come out, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And then you hear it on the album, and it, then it's like, "Oh, well, this makes sense here." But so I don't know if this is a case of that, but for whatever the reason, it's like her comeback single. So like, why is Baby Mama like? Is she have another I mean, that's baby? Fair. You know, that's why I was that point like, I get it's her comeback single after a long time. You know, it would have been nice for a different topic but we also have to remember an artist is gonna write about their life so if this is where she's at what you gonna say so get one before you go in the studio (laughs) if you need some inspiration spice it up spice up your life ain't that what them bitches said spice up your life ain't that what the song maybe that's what she need to do then you know so that you got you you now and now friend hold on we talking about (laughs) Ray, Willie Ray Norwood and Sonia Norwood's daughter, Ray J's sister. You ain't got nothing else to talk about. All the shit we know about Brandy and her people. You ain't got nothing shit else to write about it. Baby mama, baby mama. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't got <laughs> nothing yelling. else to write about. That's exactly how I hear it, though. He's doing it exactly how I think of Like, I always think, baby mama. Like, somebody just yelling off of a roof, like, baby mama. Like, future just walking down the street. I'm like, baby mama. It's like, I just. It's keep... like getting scared. It's like, it's like, you know, in like a horror movie, or even when you're in like a haunted house and you don't know what's going to come next when you turn around the corner. It's like every corner you turn in that song, you baby mama, you, and you get started. Like, every, every time. It's, it's just. Maybe she should have dropped it around Halloween. I don't know. It's just like I'm. I like. I'm sorry, Brandy. Oh, sorry, be, Brandy. Y'all gonna be work. looking at me like I'm crazy when if the album come out and the song fits on the album, then I'm be like, all right, baby, mama makes sense. Now I'm be like, baby, mama. <laughs> like, I thought you hated that song. Like, well, it makes sense on the album, but hope that happens. I'm gonna randomly send y'all voice notes just on random days. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling, baby, mama. 
<laughs> baby mama. <laughs> That's what you better do it. Look, you better make a TikTok <laughs> running up on people. Baby mama. <laughs> Scaring the challenge. Shit. Right, scare the shit out of people in Walmart yelling baby mama to them. <laughs> All right, well, more in news <laughs> with bomb ass bomb ass bitches doing bomb things. Uh Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, hey. Megan the Stallion, and Beyonce. All Billboard Hot 100 hotties. I mean, I think the number ones club should just be like this like exclusive thing that should only be for the best of bitches. And it's shaping up to look like that. So I just want to shout out all the girls. I'm glad that the women are all out here doing amazing things. Um, that's really all that needs to be said there. In the spirit of women still doing bad bomb things, Jill Scott and Erica Badu did their verses. <laughs> Friend, was you tuned in from start to finish? Was I? Dustin, you caught it too? I sure did. Well, I watched Bits incredible. and Pieces, so y'all can give me all <gasps> of the teas. You know, I'm not going to do this to myself, so please, you two, just go on ahead and tell me how it went down. It was amazing. I was happy as hell. People were making fun of me, talking about, oh, gosh, this is about to put Fran to her final form. They were sending me <laughs> gifts of of uh, <laughs> spirits floating into the sky and turning into rainbows. <laughs> I was very happy. I turned off my lights. I had all my candles burning. I had my resins burning. Put the uh, the IG live into the Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> had that joint ringing throughout my whole house. I was swinging in my egg chair, my little hammock egg chair. You know it, all my blankets. Yes. Drinking tea. It was just perfect. And they killed it. They looked amazing. I love how much love they were showing for each other. Um, the music, I mean, that speaks for itself. Jill Scott. I will say, uh, I definitely thought Erica was gonna spank Jill Scott, mm. but it was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I was like, yo, not that I'm saying Jill don't have dope songs, because yeah. I mean it's Jill fucking Scott. That first album in itself is a beast. So not saying that, but I just I guess I forgot. Like, yeah, shit was gonna be close. I gotta give it to them. Well, Jill had it. There's been a difference in the um, the consistency in the music as far as what we were presented with initially in their debut mm. albums Got and you. what they're what they've evolved to as as artists like currently. Like Jill Scott makes different music now than she made on her first album, but Erica Badu still is making music that is consistent you know, with her first album mm. to this day. So for me personally, that's been the, the difference between the two because I love both of them, you know. I just thought it was funny because Jill Scott was talking like this the whole time, right? <laughs> she okay. was like, she was like, yes. And and this was one that, yes. <laughs> I did you. I too. And yes, it was the <laughs> softest thing I had ever known. Like, I was just like, damn, now do I lay me down? To I don't know if it was like a lullaby <laughs> or what. Like, she just had the softest, most, she just looked comfortable. I want to hug Jill Scott. Ain't she beautiful? Mm -hmm. I really want to hug Jill Scott. But I hope she ain't mean. Because <laughs> sometimes when people be so warm like that, they can be cold and mean. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't cold. know. But <laughs> it was good, though. One thing that I really am appreciating about the verses 
or I guess this set is how like like you said, friend, how much love they were showing each other. But I just really love like all the background that we get. Like yeah. when we hear about like yes, the tour stuff. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah, how the records just, happened. Yeah, it's just an amazing experience to get to like sit in with artists and have that for free. Okay, for all the ones trying to charge for the shit, it's good because. So who do you like, want to go next? Well, I thought it's been determined who's going next. Who do you want to go next? Was the question. Um, I want D'Angelo versus Maxwell. Ooh. Oh, come on! Ooh. You see it. Ooh. D'Angelo would never. I really don't think we'll, we'll ever see that. But I also didn't think Babyface would. So you, you never know. Mm. I don't know. But that's my pick. D'Angelo might do it. He just might not cut his camera on. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be the black screen with his name. <laughs> That's it, because I think we know how it feels at this point, okay? <laughs> Who you want to do it or something? <laughs> I want to pull out some random-ass producers from, like, the 2000s, late late 2000s, uh, like Bangladesh and, um, damn, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Danger in the Clutch, like, like, that whole, like, squad. I don't know if those two in particular are against each other, but, like, just some of those people. Because, like, how uh, for the next one, Nelly and um, Luda came up, I was like, damn, I didn't even, like, see that as a mashup. But, like, seeing those together, it's hard for me to choose because as much as I would like to easily choose Ludacris being, you know, in Atlanta, you know, popping in Atlanta, Nelly was hitting hard. <laughs> so yes, I don't even know who I want to see go yeah, next. Nelly was a force. Like, Nelly had them things on there. I love Luda. Who you want to see go next? Mm-hmm. I want to see some old motherfuckers that don't give a fuck what they say. So give me like Gladys Knight and like <laughs> Dionne Warwick or some shit. Or give me like, all right, Patty and Gladys. Or yes. give me like Ronald Isley and something. God rest his soul, Lil Richard. But you could have gave me like Lil Richard versus Elton John so we could have some catty gay shit from Whoa. old guy. Yeah. <laughs> Elton, like, well, up next, I'm going to play. Shut up. Lil Richard would cut him off every time. <laughs> it, would be, it would be good. So I don't know. I just want to see some old people that's going to really like lose control and not care about what they say, like Shaka Khan and somebody, or maybe somebody that's going to be drunk. I don't know. I just want more yes. of the antics. Give me some more Sean <laughs> Garrett shit. <laughs> more shit, more Sean Garrett. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have, I'm <laughs> glappy. I'm glad and happy to have a break from those antics, but they are missed. So I would like to see as well. Um, not really much else I want to talk about in music. There was a random thing. Oh, I always have like a random tidbit for you guys to check out or do. Uh, if you're looking for something to watch, I've talked about this before, but Audio Mac has a um, a YouTube a YouTube channel, and basically artists perform on there, and they have a trap orchestra where artists come on and perform. Like Migos performed on there, Roddy Rich performed on there. That's crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and balling um i bring this up because on audio max youtube channel they just put up um we could go little dirk <laughs> dustin homebody is being performed by little dirk with a live orchestra on audio max youtube channel for those of you interested oh I my god you know that's my song I, you haven't seen me that <laughs> that's what i'm telling you know like that that is, it's amazing. Please, like, I need that. All of this shit is amazing. They have like, I, I've been slacking on my audio Mac, um, my watches. They have G Herbo PTSD slash Intuition, a live piano medley version. 
They have oh yeah a, a live piano medley version of Stunner for Vegas, uh, Animal versus uh, Animal slash R and Beef. Audio yeah, just has on a lot of really uh, cute content, uh, fun content. Whether it be the music, and then also fun content with prank calls. So there's like a prank call section that they did. Um, they put up a recent episode because a lot of these are old, but a recent episode over a few months ago, and it's where Dave East prank called his dad, but. If you're just looking for something to do, because I know everybody's at home and not all of us want to watch TV. Me, I've been running out of things to watch personally. So I find myself back on the YouTube sphere a lot, just kind of tailoring my recommendations. And Audio Mac has been coming up and I would like to put Audio Mac into you guys' recommendations as well. And that's pretty much all I have to say for the Music Man segment. Uh, Now we can get to the listens lately. So you guys can tell me what y'all have been listening to lately. And while y'all pull that up, <clears throat> friend, you know I'm going to start with you. I want to give a special shout out uh, very quickly to Ray Louise. I talked about her last last week. Um, I bought a t-shirt from her. It came fast than any other thing that I've ordered. <laughs> so, Oh, I'm, how cute. I need to get one. Yes. That's a really cool shirt. Love. Oh, that's dope. Love, love, love oh. her that's voice. That's super dope. I've, I've talked about her before. just talked about her last week. Some of y'all probably like, why do you keep talking about things back to back? It's just a time where I want to continue to show support and be consistent in my stride. And Ray Louise, again, is somebody super, super fucking talented. She doesn't sound like anyone or anything else out. And I fuck with her heavy. So if you want to check her out, spell it R-E-L-X-U-I-S-E. Check her out. Give her a listen. Tell her the friend zone sent you. That's it again. Friend, tell me what you have been listening to, because I know you'd be over there jamming. <laughs> I have two songs I want to play. So this first artist, I'm new to her. I don't even know how to say her name, so I'm praying I don't screw it up. Um, I think it's Rhymin or Rimmin. It's spelled R-I-M-O-N. Rimmon? I'm guessing Rhymin just because it's like R- Simon. Simon. Oh, no. Rhymin. Or is it Rimmon? Like, never mind. I, I'm not going to say that. You know how they rimming. say it. Is it rimming? Rimming. Like, not rimming. Like, but I was like, is it rimming? Like Robster? So rimming? Rimming, like. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it. Well, it's R I R. If y'all could see what they are doing. R-I-M. <laughs> you put it into it. No, I was saying like, like Robster. R-I-M-O-N. <laughs> oh, my God. And the song is, I'm going to drive the boat. And the song is called The Morning. And this is how it goes. Well, plant a seed. Won't you grow that tree inside of me? Don't you fall asleep till we done the deed? And my knees got weak, baby. Water me. Yeah, and yeah. so it is about rimming. <laughs> <laughs> In the morning. 
Oh, God, now all I hear is Bandy, baby mama. Because <laughs> that's what they end up happening. <laughs> Y'all ruined me today. <laughs> so that's rhyming, rhyming. <laughs> I'm going to look. I'm going to try to find some interviews. Look, up, look it some. up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Dustin. D- and then the second song I want to play is Amber Mark. Yes. She, yes. I love Amber Mark. Ooh, it started playing already. She released a new project called 1894 on the 29th, and it has three songs on it. And the song called Waiting, it says it's a demo, so it's really short. I hate when artists do that. Y'all be playing with my Damn. emotions because you know they're never going to release the full Ever. version, but I'm going to hope and wait. It's only like a minute and some change, but it's called Waiting, the demo, and this is how it goes. When you're more than in my mind It can't be measured I'm feeling like I would give up everything Just to call you mine Cause I'll stay waiting for you And anything I do it all for you Baby, I'll stay waiting I like that. I like that a lot. Beautiful. So that's Amber Mark waiting from the 1894 project. And that's it. Those are my two. Yes. Dustin Ross, what you got for us? You know, I've still been stuck on Drake's album. Uh, Yes. Still listening to that. Still in love with that. Um, I've been listening to old Mary J. Blige albums. Ooh, so you can I've never really go been, wrong. Yeah, I've really been dipping into her catalog, um, which stemmed from last week. I told y'all to watch T.S. Madison, Who Want to Smoke, the talent show. Um, it didn't come on last week, but it, it's still the episodes are still on her YouTube channel. But one girl was singing Reminisce by Mary J. Blige, and I was like, you know what? I played it. Um, I blasted it after she sang it, and it just Ooh, sent I'm me down do a Mary that. Rabbit Hole. I'm about to do that. That Mary J. Blige catalog ain't for no game. So mm. um, that's it. That's all I want to share, you know? Um, shout out to the Migos. They have a new song called uh, Rex Too Skinny uh, that I think is really dope, and the visual <clears throat> is also super cool. So check out the video for that. That's it. Nothing to play. Nothing to share. Don't they have one called Taco Tuesday, too? Taco Tuesday. They sure do. (laughs) They sure do. They sure do. I heard that one. It's fun. It's cool. It's a fun song. Oh, you know what? Taco Tuesday. I got something I want to talk about while we in the Music Man segment, though. (sighs) I do want to talk about this. Shout out to Daytime Tea Time, which is an amazing YouTube channel. Um, But the Daytime Tea Time YouTube channel did a video about the Cardi B and Beyonce song that never happened. And they told a bit of a story about what, you know, the history between behind that track and the fact that it did exist. There was a song that Cardi B and Beyonce were going to, Beyonce was going to feature on a Cardi B song. Apparently the song was allegedly called Wet and the Beyonce pulled out of the song after the engineer who was working on the record posted a screenshot of, the computer screen that had the file name on it, like Cardi B, B, Beyonce, he posted a quick boomerang. 
basically saying that the um, song was coming and we all know that the song never came. And so it was long rumored that this song was was real. Let me tell you not. Yes, it was true. And it was long rumored that it was true, but never really confirmed. Well, recently, um, during the success that Asante was referring to initially in the segment about how Doja Cat featuring Nicki Minaj have taken the um, number one spot on the Hot 100 with the Say So remix, and number two is the Savage remix by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. That stirred up a conversation amongst like the fans about, you know, obviously the other popular entertainers. People were saying like, wow, the only thing that would make this better is if Cardi, you know, put out a song right now with Rihanna as the feature. Then this would just be insane, you know. Fans making dream statements, right? Mm. But it's it brought this Beyonce and Cardi B track back to the conversation. And once it did, the engineer who actually leaked the photo of it went live on his Instagram. Apparently, he had gotten requests for interviews. As this came back to the forefront of the conversation, he had gotten requests for interviews to, like, you know, give his, have his say or whatever. So he declined the request for the interviews, specifically the one from Daytime Tea Time, but he told her that he was going, Candace is uh, the vlogger who owns that channel. He told her that he was going to go live on his Instagram later and, like, basically share his side of the story since so many people have been hitting him up recently about this thing from years ago, from 2017 or whatever. Damn. So he goes live and he says that, you know, um, the blog had, you know, invaded my privacy or whatever. You know, um, I wasn't supposed to say that, but I only have, at the time, I only had like 3,500 followers. Now he has about a little over 9,000. Um, and he's a verified account now. So he was saying how at now he has all this attention. And, you know, before he only had 3,500 followers. These are literally what he was saying, y'all. I only had my little 3,500 followers. I was just talking to them. I ain't know Beyonce was going to be looking at me. I ain't know. Um, they was going to be looking at my social media, my four, little 3,500 followers. I was just sharing it with them. And basically, he was saying how everyone was wrong for sharing the fact that this was coming because <laughs> yeah, okay. he didn't he didn't know wow. it was going to get out. And he didn't know that they, the people were going to be looking at him. And, you know, that's literally his excuse. There was no accountability taking nothing. And the thing that really... Um, motivated me to comment on this was I just was so shocked that there was like zero accountability taken and this whole reasoning that he was doing of well I only have 3,500 followers so I didn't think it was going to get out that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life I don't care if you have two followers if something is a secret or it's not supposed to be shared information if something is under embargo that's what you do. You protect the information. You don't share it, especially especially Beyonce. And especially, you're exactly right, friend. Especially information on that level. Especially information connected to your career. Especially when you work in an industry where your one move makes makes way for your next move. So mm-hmm. everything that you do is a result of the work that you're doing currently. Why would you show yourself to be someone who you can't trust with classified information? Why would you attention right. is a motherfucker? And he it's said he literally said, you know, I wanted to share with these people, you know, that to get excited about this, that this was coming, whatever. I didn't think it was a big deal. You did know it was a big deal. You wanted your name, he said, because, you know, I vlog. I wanted to grow with that. You know, I wanted to grow with my audience, too. I wanted to do my thing and be out there as a voice, too. So, you know, I shared oh it with my 3,500 followers. You shouldn't have shared it with one person. You shouldn't have shared <laughs> it, period. And the fact that you would get on this camera and, and make this argument at this point in the game, it was a super haughty and, like, super, like, 
I, I just couldn't believe it. And this is why you can't take everybody along with you. And this is also why Beyonce is as successful as she is because she was paying attention to your ass and your 3,500 followers because you were connected to this project and they were watching every hand that was placed on this project to make sure that there were no leaks, which is exactly what you did. And I don't know what you want from us now for it. Of course they're bringing your name up because you're the person who made that decision, which was a, a poor decision and a mistake that you're feeling the impact of now. So how dare you come out and say that everybody else is tripping because all you was doing was just trying to get, yeah, it wasn't yours to do it with. It, was, it didn't sucks. belong to you. He ruined his career because that could have changed the trajectory of his whole shit. And he fucked up Cardi's fucking bag. And her Beyonce feature at a time her when music Bodak history. Yellow. She could, wow. You know it would have been, yeah, because it was on the heels of Bodak Yellow, right? So that probably would have been, oh, man. Coming out sucks. of that, number one big hit into a fucking Beyonce, the Beyonce touch. Yo, I know, I know Cardi must have wanted to kill this kid. Like, man. kill. But you know what I have to say? That sucks that Cardi had to suffer for that. I agree. I agree. That sucks. But, you know, I get it. Beyonce is is a vault. She's like, that's that's how she's Beyonce, because she just don't play that. And Cardi strikes me as the type of artist that will come out of that experience, not bitter and not in any way harboring resentment towards Beyonce, but like, oh, okay, I get it. This is how I need to run my shit so that I'm not susceptible to problems like this. This is how I need to run my thing so that I am as successful as she is. This is an example of her business practices and of her security practices. This is an example of something that I need to then replicate in my business practices because I want that same type of privacy around my work so it can have the same impact when it's released. I think that Cardi is the type who will learn from that situation. And we've never once heard her say anything negative about Beyonce in any way related. We've never even heard her talk about the song. So you know it's still love there. And my nigga, you the one who fucked your thing up. You, because you you told something that you weren't supposed to tell. And I just can't believe his rationale was what it was. But that was music related. So I figured this was the place that it went. <laughs> what y'all want to talk about next? Well, That's it, right? Well, just really quickly, I wanted to play my uh, listen lately. I, I forgot that Diana Gordon, somebody I meant to talk about last week, she dropped her project, and I want to talk hey, about her. Hey, shout out Diana Gordon. Um, we've talked Die about guy. Her. <laughs> 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 um, we talked about her before. She put out a project called Wasted Youth. Um, there's eight songs on there. It's a new kind of sound for her. She's always done this kind. Of, she's always done like finding me ass music, which I fuck with. So sometimes it's going to be like very experimental, but she's always in like very specific bags. So I, I really appreciate her artistry. So if you're looking for a break from the norm, but you still, you know, don't want to stray too far away, check out Diana Gordon. Um, speaking of uh, what you did, because you said that uh, a second ago and it triggered something in me. Mahalia. Really, not Jackson. Mahalia, not Jackson. Soon be done. <laughs> Show us all the world. Mahalia Jackson. Well, Mahalia, not Jackson, <laughs> released a project called The Isolation Tapes. There's three songs on there. I'm just going to play you a snippet of the first song. It's called BRB. And I fuck with Mahalia. I just want her to continue being her great self and making the the beautiful music she makes. I like Mahalia. And pairing it with the bomb ass visual she makes. So 
Shout out to her. This is BRB. Woke up this morning and I looked to my left. Thought you were here, baby. Realized and got a sudden pain in my chest. Thought you were near me, baby. You posted up in London in the house that we rent. Yeah, how's it doing, baby? I'm working on my music, but today I'm upset. Yeah, I really miss you, baby. That's Mahalia doing what she does. I like her. Such a vibe, such a really cool vibe, a unique vibe. Um, She's not trying to do what all the other girls are doing. And she's been like that since day one. I randomly saw Mahalia on YouTube, like when she was back in London, playing a a, a cello or some shit and singing, just pouring her fucking soul out. So it's amazing to see her today, like making super cool music, being recognized as this dope queen that she is. So that's going to be it for the Music Man segment. Again, that's Mahalia with the isolation check, uh, tapes. Check her out. And now we can move on to the end of the show. Unless... There you go. Keeping up. Keeping up with the okay, Kardashians. You know, I didn't know if there was going to be one or two more TV things you want to throw in there or not. Well, now I'm going to do my wrap up. <laughs> I didn't get to ask you. Are you not watching uh, Married to Medicine this season? Married to Medicine LA? Um, here's the thing. <laughs> So, like, I love and respect Dr. Heavenly, and I love how hard she's promoting Married to Medicine LA because ultimately what's good for their goose is good for Married to Medicine Atlanta's gander. So I get that. And because of that, I've given it a second chance. The first season, I was less than impressed, and Shanique really got on my nerves. Like, she really irritated me. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't watching this season. But um, Dr. Imani and... Leah Diaz, who is a new wife on the show that is cool with Dr. Imani um, and a business owner, entrepreneur in her own right. I guess she owns like three or four really successful beauty supply stores in L.A. And she has a, like a, a, a restaurant. She also owns a nightclub like she's a serial entrepreneur for real, for real in her own right. So I, I was intrigued by that. Um, they were conducting an interview on Dr. Heavenly's YouTube channel and Jasmine Jordan, who was the girl who Imani said her house looked like a drug dealer's house. Mm -hmm. She Skyped into the interview and they had a virtual reunion of their own and (laughs) argued on Dr. Heavenly's YouTube channel and it reignited my interest in the show. So I did watch the first two episodes, but I just don't have that much of a takeaway that I felt was commentary worthy. So yeah. that's why I omitted it from my choices to speak about in the TV land segment. But if you would like to talk about it, the floor is No, I asked yours. because... I just ain't got shit to say. You know I what I'm saying? I asked because I was getting a weird temperature my damn self when I was watching them first couple of episodes. I was like, is this going to be a thing that we're doing or not? So I, I needed to know if it was just me feeling this way. So I just have nothing to say. Amen. I just said it was just nothing yet. Yet, I'll say, because again, I was impressed by Leah Diaz on uh, Dr. Heavenly's YouTube channel and her interview. So I'll say that. I don't have anything to say yet, but I am watching and I will continue to watch. All right. Well, then we'll put a pin in it. And then that's it for this week's show. Anybody? Since you since you want to open it up, undo, undo, <laughs> undo the safety pin one more time. I have one thing to add. As far as scripted television is concerned, I did spend some time catching up on um, For Life on ABC. Um, 50 Cent produces the show. It's a true story. Check that out when you get a chance, and then we'll regroup. Okay. Got it? Got it. <laughs> 
as always, we love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Adios, y'all. Bye. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.